Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American Starnes. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, happy Friday to you, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Very happy to have you with us. Thank you for making us your choice, noon to three Eastern. We've got a lot going on out there and a lot to get to. By the way, some great guests coming up. Also, uh, we're going to be having uh, Robin Poffman joining us. She's sort of like our, our resident crime expert. And I was watching this crazy documentary last night on Netflix. The uh, It's all about the, the Murdoch family and, of course, the trial underway. Bizarre stuff. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking with Robin. She has been following that, uh, that story um, since it started and uh, looking forward to getting her insight. Also, Tony Perkins is going to drop by from Family Research Council. Uh, we have some visits from Congressman Barry Moore out of Alabama and Ron Estes out of Kansas as well. Plus your calls, as always. Uh, very happy to have you with us today. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to start with a weird story um, out of Ohio. There is a pizzeria out there, and like many businesses around the country, the, the poor folks are having a hard time finding good workers, finding good help. And so they they tried to be a little funny, and I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, they tried to be entertaining when they put out a, a sign that said they were hiring non-stupid people. This is Santino's Pizzeria. And people are very upset about this, apparently. And I'm not sure why. Because it's true, as the owner of, as the owner of a business, you, you want smart people working for you. You really don't want stupid people, um, especially at a pizza joint. And let's get real. Our nation's public education system has been churning out a record number of stupid people over the past 10, 15 years. Anyway, the owner of Santino's Pizza, that would be Rob Santino, did an interview with Fox and Friends. He said, look, the whole point was to be funny here. We wanted to use humor, humor. We've not had much luck traditionally on Monster or Indeed or even Flags in a Front Yard bringing people in. So we thought we'd be somewhat untraditional and it might draw attention. And it has. He says he needs at least five to seven people to apply for a position. And uh, he got it. 
So mission accomplished. But all these other folks are saying that he's offended uh, young people by suggesting that that they're stupid. No, he's not suggesting that they're stupid. He's actually acknowledging that there are, in fact, stupid people in the world. There are, in fact, stupid people in Ohio. And Mr. Santino does not want those stupid people working at his establishment. So he's just letting you know that if you're filling out the application and when you get to that mark where you the box, you can check stupid or not stupid. Well, if you want a job, you, you better be non-stupid. You got to be smart. So good for you. I, I, you know, I've been talking to a lot of business owners around the nation and they tell me it's very hard to find people that want to work these days. And of course, this all goes back to the government. This goes back to the Biden administration giving people a paycheck to sit on their backsides. And this was all happening during the China virus pandemic. And many of us said, wait a second, this is a bad idea. And the pushback was, how dare you? How dare you? You'd rather have people starve? You'd rather have people get the the COVID virus, the China virus? How dare you? Well, no, we're not saying that, but I never could understand the reasoning and the rationale here that you were actually safer inside a Walmart with 5,000 people as opposed to a local corner market with three people. And yet the government said the corner market had to shut down. Never did understand that. And I know in the business I owned, we never forced anybody to wear a mask. We never forced anybody to get the vaccine. We said that was up to up to them and their doctors. And I think our staff greatly appreciated that. And we're all alive and kicking, doing pretty good so far. But again, unfortunately, a bad habit developed during the China virus pandemic. And the government, the Democrats, hoped this would happen. They hoped that the American people would lose that drive to get out there and earn a paycheck. They were hoping that the American people would rather just stay at home and accept some sort of a crumb, a pittance from the federal government, and they would be satisfied with that. And many people out there decided that's they were okay with that. In some cases, they figured out a way to get more money from the federal government than they were working in their their job. And now, unfortunately, a lot of businesses, and especially in the restaurant industry, which has really been decimated by people just not wanting to get out and work. I mean, how do you do that as a parent? What do you do to instill that drive? Because that truly is an American quality. A lot of these European countries what do they do? They work a couple hours, then they take a three-hour lunch, then they come back and work another hour, and then they take an afternoon break, and by that time, they go home because it's time for dinner, which is one of the reasons why it took the United States of America to win the war back in the 1940s, W-W-2, because the Europeans, by and large, couldn't do it. I don't know. Were they lazy? I don't know. They slept all the time. So we had to get over there and take care of business, and I'm glad we did. You're welcome, Europe. But I'm just telling you that the American idea of being a hard worker, that is uniquely on us. Other countries, not so much. But Americans are hard workers, or at least we used to be. And now, unfortunately, because of the China virus pandemic and the policies of the Democrats, we now have laziness that has sort of seeped into society. And we got to get that fixed. 
Otherwise, you're going to have a hard time getting a table at the Red Lobster. I'm just telling you that that's just how it is. So America is the greatest nation on the earth, again, because of our devotion to Almighty God and a hard work ethic. All right, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We have a terrific story coming up about Angela Davis, the Black Panther, not the Wakanda Forever Black Panther, the bad Black Panthers. And this woman's a raging communist lunatic. Uh, We're going to play some audio coming up after the break. It turns out that she did the whole ancestry thing, and she made a shocking discovery. And it's just, it's really hilarious, especially coming coming up on the heels of our conversation yesterday about reparations. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I have an update to that story. Uh, So now the the county commission here in Memphis has approved this plan to spend $5 million on a reparation study, and basically they want white people and Hispanics and Asians to pay for black people. That's That's what they want to do. And they're trying to figure out a way to make it palatable. So they, I have no doubt they will spend that money on a marketing firm Uh, that will be used to convince people they have an obligation, a moral obligation, to give whatever is in their bank account to a black person. And by the way, most of the black folks I know are incredibly opposed to this because they find it incredibly insulting, which it is. So anyway, one of the uh, county commissioners in the conversation said she got triggered by the whiteness of a white county commissioner. And here's the update. I'm calling for this commissioner to be removed because what she said was flat out racist. And, you know, we've got to start tackling racism head on. I don't like to I know there are a lot of conservatives and they like to sort of dance around that issue. But I believe we ought to plow right through it. And we've got to start calling these people out every single time they play this race card. Every time they are racist, we have to be there to call them out. So this chick, her name is Brittany Thornton. And she is the uh, local county commissioner in Memphis. You can Google her. You know what, Grace, let's put all that information up on our live show blog. Why don't we do that? So we can we can give people Commissioner Thornton's email address, and we need to have this woman censured and removed from office. And she needs to apologize. And I'm going to just lay this out as, as best as I can. If you were a, let's just say a white county commissioner had gone out there and told a black commissioner, um, excuse me, but your blackness, it triggers me. If a white commissioner, no, I'm not saying all white people sound like that, Dylan. Come on. I'm just using, it's a character. Radio is theater of the mind. But if you were that, if you were that person and you were a county commissioner and you said, you know, um, your blackness really triggers me. You know what would happen? It would be wall-to-wall news coverage. We'd have Don Lemon back on the streets of Memphis, Tennessee, and nobody wants to see that. And Al Sharpton to boot. And the reason why is because it's racist. That's just incredibly offensive. So I contend we've got to start. We've got to start playing hardball with these people, and we've got to throw it right back in their faces. Shame on you, Commissioner Brittany Thornton. You are a racist. And we need and we need you to repent and you need to get that. You need to go and talk to your pastor and get that worked out, ma'am. 
All right, we're going to take a break. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is Open Line Friday, so whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. And by the way, today, Friday, is a great day, a great opportunity for you to check out our big trip to Israel coming up in November. We really want you to, we want, we're going to take at least 100, but we've got plenty of room. So we would love for you and your family to consider joining us for this once-in-a-lifetime journey to Israel. All the information's over at toddsterns.com. Or you can give us a call here. Dylan will be happy to take all your information. That number, 844-747-8868, our stand with Israel. This is our very first trip that we're taking as a radio community to Israel. So really looking forward to spending time with many of you that join us on this trip. All right, let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. So many people wanted to weigh in yesterday on this rape reparations study, uh, and uh, it's got it's really got a lot of folks riled up, and especially since Fox has now jumped on board, providing some national coverage to this crazy story. Let's go to Jerry in Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jerry, what's on your mind? Hi, thank you again for taking my call. I had a couple of thoughts. Uh, chiefly, there's no other country on the face of this planet that's done more for African-Americans than the United States of America. And I say that because we have places like uh, the NAACP and the Black Congressional Congress and Affirmative Action and Black-only colleges and Black-only radio stations and TV stations and Black-only schools. Uh, We have airlines and law schools and doctor schools uh, doctor school, <laughs> um, trying to, to, to get uh, people based on color, based on being African-American as opposed to anything else. Um, and, the, and the gentleman who was on earlier today with Ben talking about changing the name of the, of the bill so it's not, he wants to get rid of the R word, so it's not reparations. That's cowardly. It's political. And it's exactly why people like me don't trust it. He's trying to hide this. You know, none of the people that are alive today were slaves, and they were so far removed. That it, that, and everything that the United States has done to correct that, it, it's, it's too much. Um, I wonder, will black professionals, will black politicians, black judges, 
black lawyers, will they get reparations? And how are they going to get this just from white people? Well, you it's know. a great question, Jerry. And uh, looking at, and again, when you're looking at what the folks like the NAACP say about America, you would think this is the most dangerous nation on the planet to be a person of color. It seems to me, sure. if it's that bad, why isn't the NAACP setting up a branch over at the border telling people, uh, people of color, don't come to America because it's too dangerous? Because they know it's a lie. Because this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. That a person of color born in America is going to have a wonderful life. They're going to be very successful. You can live your American dream. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at the, what, 80% of people in the NBA are people of color? Look at the National Football League. Look at our law schools. And Jerry, you go down, you made a very excellent point here. We have historically black colleges. You can go to a public university. You can go to any university you want to. And if you don't want to do that, you can go to a black school. You can get a job at any TV network in America. And if you don't want to if you don't want a job at any TV network in America, you can go work for Black Entertainment Television. You can go work for plenty of black radio stations, the Black Information Radio Network. If you don't want to if you don't want to go to a beauty pageant and 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 you know participate in the beauty pageant with white folks, guess what? We've got a there's a black beauty pageant out there. So Jerry to sure. your point, there are plenty of opportunities. This nation is overflowing with opportunities right now for people of color. Yeah, and it leads me to my my conclusion is that after all of this, after everything that the United States has done, if you being, you know, an African American if an African-American can't make it in these United States, it's your fault, not mine. All right. Good stuff, Jerry. Appreciate that call. Thank you for listening. Let's go to Jackson in Iowa uh, listening to us today. Hi, Jackson. What's on your mind? Hello, Jackson. Hello. All right. You're on the air, Jackson. Let's get to it. Yeah. I was going to tell you, uh, I'll tell you some other, but, uh, why is it that everybody gets a, seems to be offended, but they aren't offended about what I heard on the All in the Family with Archie Bunker? He as much as said, colored people, jungle bunnies. TV anymore, and we're not allowed to use that kind of language on the radio anymore. That's how far along our country has gone as far as not being able to take a joke, not being able to talk about, not being able to talk about ourselves or our ancestors. You can't do it anymore. I mean, but you go back and you look, you go back, young people listening to us, go back and watch two shows. That's all you need to do. Actually, three shows. And you'll get a pretty clear understanding of what comedy looked like back in the 1970s and 80s. Go watch All in the Family. Go watch The Jeffersons. And go watch Sanford and Son, where you had people of all races able to poke fun at their own race and each other's races, and it was it was accepted. People had no problems with this at all. Not at all. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844 844- Seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight, and and I'm telling you here, it's it's a sad time in America because comedians can't be funny. You can't crack jokes. You say something or look at somebody the wrong way, and all of a sudden your life is destroyed because they're putting you up on Twitter or the social media platforms, and it's part of this big national shaming. 
but it's true. You think Archie Bunker, do you think All in the Family would have been allowed on national television these days? Yeah, I don't think so. Or what about Sanford and Son? Hmm? What about that? Remember Chico and the Man? I don't think so. And some people would say we're better off because of that. I I disagree. All right, we got to take a break. Hey, ToddStearns.com, go check out our website. We have great, great stuff for you to, to read there. Download our podcast. We'll be right back. A big hearing at the border. This was yesterday. The House Judiciary Committee, the Republicans, holding a hearing down there. Democrats boycotted. And and why did they do that? Well, I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Our next guest is actually on the border, Congressman Barry Moore from Alabama. Congressman, tell us, first of all, great to have you with us. Where, where are you right now? So, Todd, I am in Yuma, Arizona, uh, about 20 miles north of the border, and uh, we've been having hearings and doing some trips down to the border to just kind of observe for ourselves what's going on. And so, Congressman, tell us uh, about the hearing and uh, what you guys came up with. So, Todd, I think primarily it's just an opportunity. Now that Jim Jordan is chairman of the judiciary, as Republicans took the majority, it's an opportunity to actually start shining a light on the problem that is the U.S. southern border. And you know, President Biden and his administration have gotten a pass because Jerry Nadler and the committee just simply did not want to address the issues and, and shine a light on what is the disaster down here, humanitarian, financial, you name it, for communities. And, of course, now the drugs are pouring out across America. We're seeing that with the fentanyl death. So it's an opportunity for us to actually leverage these hearings to bring attention to the problem and to put pressure on the administration to actually do their job. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why the Democrats would, would want to boycott that. They they need to do their jobs. They need to be there. Uh, is there anything anything that the Speaker of the House can do to either force their hand on this? Yeah, we have an excellent opportunity. I mean, because now the House actually controls the purse strings. And I think Chairman Jordan and I, we were talking about this months back, you know, a yes if rather than a no, they're going to need to help on this debt ceiling, Todd, and we've got some opportunities to bring some legislation that, you know, as the Democrats push to, to raise the debt ceiling as the Senate needs the, the, the debt ceiling raised, we have an opportunity here to say, hey, instead of sending billions to Ukraine, what about we spend a few billion down here and complete the border or secure the United States' border rather than countries around the globe? $113 billion, give or take a few billion, from what, from what I understand we've already given to Ukraine. And and the administration's already warning Congress, warning you guys, they're going to be wanting even more money. I, I'd like to know why they're more concerned about protecting Ukraine's border than our border. You know, it, it amazes me, Todd. It's like we have a globetrotting president who does not, he doesn't address the issues here in this country, whether it's East Palestine or the southern border, but he wants to solve all the other countries' problems by sending them American taxpayer money. I mean, just in that omnibus that they passed right at the end of the year, $410 million, Todd, to secure the border of Jordan and Egypt. And, and countries around the globe, $410 million, while we have a crisis here on the southern border, 300,000 people come into the border just through Yuma, a population 100,000 city here, and they're just flooding the country. Five million people have been encountered now in the 24 months that Biden's been in charge. 
that's my entire state's population that we've replaced with people pouring across the southern border from all over the globe. Do you in these in in these hearings and when you guys take these jaunts uh, down to the border, are you able to talk with with local citizens, local political leaders, and if so, what are they telling you? Yes, I mean we had Sheriff Daniels. I mean he he came in and testified uh, at our first hearing, and he told us that in the forty years, four decades of working this southern border, the best he's ever seen it was under Donald Trump in twenty eighteen. And he will tell you now, in just 25 months, it's the worst he's ever seen it. So, and, and the way that this working, Todd, this fentanyl, you, these, the Biden administration has created a policy with this border approach that actually creates U.S. slavery now. Because as these people pour across, the, as the, the, the cartel control the U.S. southern border, there's $7,000 a head that the cartel gets to allow you to pass through their grid. And so... They're, these are indentured servants and slaves that owe the cartel. And if they don't want to pay the money, Todd, they can always backpack a, a you know heroin, cocaine, or fentanyl across as their payment for passage. So we're creating mules and indentured servants. And in addition to that, we've lost 20,000 children that came across unaccompanied. We do not know where they're at. It's just unbelievable. And again, I, I don't know what you guys need to do. Maybe instead of the American flag, you can be flying the Ukrainian flag, and maybe that just might spark some interest in, in your Democrat colleagues. Yeah, if we could get Zelensky to come over here and tour the southern border, maybe they'd be willing to spend a little money to actually secure this country. These are the same crowd of people, remember, Todd, that gave President Trump a hard time about $5 billion to secure the border. We sent $111 billion to Ukraine or $113 billion, depending on who's counting, with very little oversight. And so it just amazes me that this administration, one thing it proves is pronouns do not solve problems. Well, no doubt about it. No, that's true. That's true, Congressman. And, and I'm wondering about uh, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who showed up and in dress boots, by the way, people giving him some grief over that. But again, it's the guy's tone deaf, but worse than that, he's just not doing his job. You know what? The the lack of leadership is amazing to me as, as Republicans come down to the Southern border and president Trump goes to East Palestine, it brings attention, but that's what leaders do. We bring attention to the problems here. Even if we didn't create a problem that we needed, even if we didn't create the issue, we certainly can address it. And so I appreciate President Trump. It forced the hand for Buttigieg to go to, to East Palestine. And we're going to continue to do the same thing here. As we bring this legislation now, we've had an opportunity to bring attention to the border. We're in power. We have an opportunity now to actually use the purse strings to pursue some security. And that's what we're going to do. All right. Good stuff. Well, Congressman, we appreciate you being down there and at least listening to people. I have to imagine they are they feel like maybe the government has abandoned them. Yeah, I think so, Todd. It's odd. We, we listened to Dr. Trenchell from the hospital here, and he, he actually has $26 million in unaccount, uh, unreimbursed expenses for treating people coming from south of the border. And, and is this motion to appear that we give these illegals, this MTA they call it, Todd, that gives them uh, uh, payments from the U.S. government to the tune of about 800 a month. And we also give them a cell phone that they can jailbreak. So they'll take our phone, but they won't take our calls when it's time to come back to court unbelievable unbelievable well congressman again thank you appreciate you being on the program have a good weekend sir todd thank you my wife's a huge fan so we appreciate your show and again uh anytime we can help you you let us know well and what's your wife's name heather moore well, she's from south alabama actually she's north alabama loves her some todd Storms. well well thank you and tell heather we said hello thanks congressman thank you have a great day All right, Congressman Barry Moore and Mrs. Moore. Hello, Mrs. Moore. Appreciate you listening to the program. All right, um, excuse me. We have been dealing 
with serious like pollen stuff here in the uh, Memphis area. It's gone from what 30 degrees to 80 degrees. So uh, my apologies, the throat's not what it should be today. Um, I want to play some audio. This is Angela Davis. She uh, does, she's the Black Panther. She's the communist. She discovered that her ancestors came over on the Mayflower. Take a listen. Any idea what you're looking at? That is a list of the passengers on the Mayflower. <laughs> no, I can't believe this. <laughs> no. <laughs> My ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. You, your ancestors came no. on the Mayflower. No, no, no. You no. are descended <laughs> no, no, no. from one of the 101 people who sailed on the Mayflower. Oof. That's a little bit too much <laughs> to deal with right now. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you may have descended from people who laid never the foundation never for this country? <laughs> never, never, never. Wow, she sounds she sounds a little horrified that she might have a little bit of Caucasian in her system. Uh, I, I, I don't. Why? Why is she so fired up over that and horrified? And it's not just Angela Davis. They also did this to a white supremacist who found out. Well, he's not exactly all Lily White. Cut number five. Craig Paul Cobb has undergone DNA testing to determine genetic ancestry. Eighty-six percent European. And uh, <laughs> give it to him. Give it to him. Fourteen percent sub-Saharan African. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey. Hold on. Just wait a minute. Oh. This is called statistical noise. Sweetheart, you have a little black in you. Yes. Listen, I'll tell you this. Oil and water don't mix. So, hey, bro. So, I, you know, again, I just don't understand what the problem here is. I mean, if you go back and look, we all came, we all came from Noah, right? So, we all came from the same place. So I shouldn't be that much of a shock. I don't know why people are horrified, whether they whether they're black and they find out they have the, the whites in their history, or black and you or white and you find out you have a black person in your family. What's the big deal about that? But I did think, though, guys, and and I think this might be very helpful to people. Um, instead of paying all that money for ancestry dot com, I think I have come up with a, a a list, a list of questions that I believe can help help you you won't have to spend any money and we can help you figure out if if you have um, a person whether it's a, a black person or a white person in your family tree i think this is going to be very helpful to people 844-747-8868 that's our toll-free telephone number that's 844-747-8868 uh, and we'll be taking your if look we can I believe that we can truly help you out on this. Let me ask you, where's Dylan? Dylan, Dylan, turn your microphone on. Hello, Dylan. How are you today? Howdy. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. So, Dylan, I'm going to, we're family, we're related. So, I need to ask you a question. All right. Have you ever watched a Medea movie? Yes. You have. Did you enjoy the Medea movie? I I did. Yeah, I did. I thought it was funny. Okay. Then you may, you may have, you may have, 
a black person somewhere in the family tree. Okay. So we may, because I'm with you, I, I have watched a Medea movie, and I have enjoyed the Medea movie. Therefore, the Sturridge family, we are a diverse family. Hallelujah. There Can't say go. it better myself. There you go. There you See how easy that is? You didn't have to spend any money. And it was a very simple question. KFC or KFC or Popeyes? That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to go with KFC. Oh, oh, oh. Wait a second. Is that a is that a step back in my lineage? Could be a step back. Could be a step back. Was was our grandmother, your great grandmother, named Big Mama? <laughs> no. Oh, we may be Lily White. This I is getting bad. This is it's it's balanced now. I think Weaver Mullet. <laughs> I'm in the mullet stage now. Oh boy, we're in trouble. This is not good. This is not good, Dylan. Yeah, you're gonna uh, have to ask somebody else. I should have stopped at Medea. Yep, that's what. <laughs> have you ever used tires to improve the curb appeal of your single wide trailer? I have not. Uh, I, uh, okay. How are we doing? I, I, well, we could be back. So the needle is moving now. We All could right. be fifty fifty. All right. All right. There we. <laughs> <laughs> You see how stupid this is, people? I mean, this is this is absolutely ludicrous what they're putting this country through right now. There's a reason why we're called the melting pot. And why is that the melting pot? It's simply because you have people from all different backgrounds, all different races, all different ethnicities, different countries coming together and you meet, you fall in love, you make babies, and along the way we make this great big strong united country. And now people want to tear that apart. I got a problem with that. And I got a problem with people who don't want Archie Bunker and Samford and Son and all these other shows on TV. I think it makes us stronger as a nation. Agree, disagree? Give me a call. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. And by the way, if you know the name of Bo and Luke Duke's car on Dukes of Hazard, yeah, you've got a lily white tree. That's it. Yeah, there's, I'm just saying, it is what it is. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. By the way, one final word on reparations. There's another R word associated with reparations. Reparations is really a redistribution of the wealth. That's ultimately what reparations is. And that is that is a socialist plot. And do not be fooled. They are coming after your money. They are. Uh, let's go to the phones. Johnny, North Carolina. What's on your mind, Johnny? Hello, Mr. Starnes. Or, I'm sorry, LeBron. How are you today? I'm well. Thank, yes, thank you for that, Johnny. Uh, yes, LeBron Starnes. <laughs> All right, turn, look, Johnny, turn down it. your uh, whatever, if how you're listening to us, turn that down because we're getting some feedback here. All right, Johnny, okay, Judy, there we better? go. Yep, all right, let's go for it. Okay, very good. Hey, um, talking about Shure City Council there in Memphis and in San Francisco and in, uh, I'm sure, other places, are you familiar with the Curly effect? Have you ever heard of that? Now, if, if I remember history correctly, Johnny, this was, was it the mayor of Boston who was using that, that uh, last name of Curly, who dist- basically redistributed the wealth? That is correct. Michael James Curley, it was in the early 1900s, I think. And yes, he was the multi, multi time uh, mayor of Boston. And what he did was he used careless, discriminatory government giveaways 
to penalize one group of people and make giveaways to to other groups that he wanted to. And basically, what he was doing was encouraging uh, immigration of the, the group he didn't want away from Boston and to attract more of the group that he did want to come into Boston, which uh, in that case had nothing to do with race. It was about uh, he wanted to uh, increase the number of Irish people that were in Boston in those days. And most of the Irish were not affluent. They were poor folks and um, didn't have any uh, real good way to get out of that poverty. And so he penalized through taxation, he penalized the more affluent, um, basically to, to cause them to move away because he wanted to get rid of them anyway. And let's talk about a more a, a modern-day version of that. Look at what happened when they tried to apply that principle in Detroit, Michigan, which was once the one of the richest cities in the world, and, and yep. now it looks like some sort of a third-world country. Exactly. And what I want, the reason I called today, and thank you for taking my call. Quickly. The, the yep. reason I called is that for your listeners that may have some inclination that maybe this is the right thing to do, reparations and whatever, this has nothing to do with social justice or any other kind of justice. This is basically just a, a renamed way of buying votes um, so that the crooked politicians can stay in office permanently. They give to one group, take away from the other. The other more affluent group moves out, which is what they want. They're fine with that. They have no problem. They don't care if the city goes down, if crime goes up, if it becomes unlivable, like you say Detroit has. Um, they don't care about any of that. As long as they stay in power permanently, they do not care. The, the one common denominator in all of this is that these are this happens when you have Democrats running your cities. And, and when you look at the, the most impoverished cities in America, those cities have been run for decades, decades by Democrats. And that's what's happening here in Memphis. Uh, that's what's happening in other places. Look at San Francisco right now. It is going through the same sort of metamorphosis, really a de-evolution process that Detroit went through. Uh, Johnny, appreciate the call. We got to run. We are late for a break here. But again, folks, you got to stand up. And I know people just, they get terrified by the, the racism word. You can't be, you cannot let them bully you. You've got to stand up and you got to call this stuff out. And the reality is, and Johnny is right, Democrats are using this to make sure they always stay in power. That's what this is always about. It's about power. It's really not about race. They're using race, but it's not about race. This is about power and keeping their thumb on the people. And we got to take that thumb and chop it off. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. We'll take your calls on that or really whatever you want to talk about. Today, it's Open Line Friday on the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd 
starts. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the big show. Good to have you with us today. By the way, ToddStarns.com, our website, and we would love for you to get some information on our upcoming trip to Israel. Uh, We're taking 100 of our listeners to Israel later this year in November. All the information is at ToddSterns.com at the top of the page. You can also give us a call, and we'll be happy to get your information. That number, 844-747-8868. Again, 844-747-8868. If you'd like information on how you and your family can join us, we would love for you to to, to tag along on that trip. It's going to be uh, just a wonderful time in Israel. Also, coming up next week, we're going to be broadcasting the show from CPAC. I'll be speaking several several times from the main stage. Looking forward to seeing a lot of our listeners from around the nation, and uh, we'll be uh, having some great conversations. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo among our very special guests on next week's program. All right, I want to go right now, though, to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line, good friend of this show from the Family Research Council. He is the president of the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins. Hey, Tony, hope you're doing well today. I'm doing well, Todd. Good to be with you. How are you? Doing good. And, Tony, of course, you guys have an event coming up later this year in September. Uh, tell us about Pray Vote Stand. We have the Pray Vote Stand Summit coming up in Washington, D.C., September the 15th through the 17th. We'll have a lot of the folks that appear on your show, a lot of the presidential hopefuls will be uh, there, along with a number of conservative and Christian leaders will be speaking at this year's summit uh, in Washington, D.C., so folks can find out more about the Pray Vote Stand Summit at prayvotestand.org. It's it's good that folks are, are getting back to Washington, the nation's capital. I know with a lot of the COVID lockdowns and stuff, many of those conferences had to move outside of the Beltway, which was good, but it's always good to get back to, uh, back inside the Beltway. Well, I think it's important from a standpoint of uh, basically planting the flag you know, a lot of us would like to get out of Washington. We, uh, you know, we're there on assignment by uh, by the Lord. But it's important that we put our feet on the ground and we make certain declarations. We show people we care. We're there, and uh, that's a part of the summit: is uh, people coming to Washington and and making a statement and having conversations with their leaders. Tony, speaking of statements, I was reading a, a commentary of yours just the other day. American pride burning, and uh, you took an incident that occurred in the nation's capital a few days ago, and you expanded uh, you expanded that. And, and I want to set the stage here. Uh, there was someone that burned a gay pride flag outside of an establishment there in Washington, and I think the entire nation knows it because that incident became national news. But there's a much bigger story here, and, and that is the the jumping off point for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, look. First off, I, I don't. No one should uh, destroy someone else's personal property. So I'm not advocating that. But I just, as I saw it, you know, I re- actually I remembered back in the 1980s when uh, I was uh, still in high school, about to come. Well, actually, late 70s, early 80s, when the uh, the Iranian hostage crisis took place. I was it was the late 70s. I was still in high school. And, and I remember a guy I played football with got in, into a tussle with uh, someone on one of the college campuses at Oklahoma. And for the guy was burning the American flag. And I remember a case went all the way through the Supreme Court, and it was declared that burning the American flag was a right of expression. We could use that as a First Amendment right of expression. But in this case, we saw this uh, burning of this gay pride flag, 
And immediately we saw elected officials moving. Oh, that's a hate crime. We need to prosecute that as a hate crime. And an all points bulletin basically put out looking for this individual who committed property uh, property crime, no doubt. But it, it just tells it, it, it tells us volumes about where we are as a country. You can burn the American flag. You can take a knee to the American flag. But when you touch some of what has become these uh, idols of our age, uh, you incur the wrath of the culture. And, and people need to realize we wouldn't have these, you know, what you would even call politi- these uh, identity uh, uh, politics subcultures if it weren't for the freedoms that we enjoy under that American flag. And so that was kind of the point I was making in that piece. It really struck me when I, I saw this response to the burning of the gay pride flag, but when we turn a blind eye to what is happening to our national flag and our national character. I think it's interesting, and you point this out, within 24 hours, an investigation had been launched by the NYPD. I think I said D.C. earlier, but it's the NYPD Hate Crime Task Force. A replacement flag had already been hung. And you're right. I mean, how many times have we seen the left out there at these protest marches all across this nation burning the American flag, dragging the American flag? And again, a crime is a crime. You don't burn anybody else's private property. That's illegal. Uh, But the reality is there really is a double standard. It's a hate crime to touch the gay pride flag, but by golly, you can light up old glory. But again, the underlying uh, observation here is that those that want to celebrate this lifestyle only do so because of the freedoms that are there because of America. And when you, you, when you, you destroy the foundations, the freedoms that we all enjoy go away. And so, you know, I think we need to return to an understanding of what made America great and why America has been celebrated and the freedoms that we enjoy uh, are are something that the world envies and wants to emulate. And again, as you illustrated in this in this commentary, that there have been hundreds of attacks on churches, pro-life centers, all sorts of vandalism, all sorts of destruction. And nary a story in the national news media about it. Right. Yeah, we've documented those. And uh, outside of some conservative outlets, you, you hear nothing about it. And certainly the, the Biden administration doing nothing to pursue that. There's been only out of hundred over 100 cases, there's been uh, one arrest made and one case arrested made. But yet we're seeing at the same time where the uh, the full force of the Department of Justice is going after pro-lifers. So clearly... If there was, if there were not a double standard, that this administration would have no standards. But and I know, you know, to to speak out about this gay pride flag being burned, you know, you incur the wrath of the LGBT Gestapo, and so be it. Because I think we need to realize what is at stake here, because so many Americans are silent about the disrespect of the founding principles of this country that give everyone the right to speak. And so I think we need to be very bold in speaking out about this, as you refer to a double standard that we see, and the underlying foundations of the freedoms that allow people to pursue things that are unhealthy, unhelpful, but nonetheless they have, nonetheless they have the freedom to do it. But it's only because of the freedoms that we've enjoyed as Americans. And, and Tony, I, I want to play some audio here and, and get your reaction. This is Dr. Rachel Levine, the biological man who identifies as a woman serving in HHS as the assistant secretary. 
And and to your point, this is no longer about just tolerating something. Remember going back to Barack Obama and the, the, the gay marriage ruling, you know, oh, this isn't going to impact you at all. You go live your life, they'll go live theirs. Well, we all knew that was not going to happen. That was not the ultimate goal. First, it was tolerate, then you have to accept it, then you have to celebrate it. And I want to play this audio. Uh, this is Dr. Rachel Levine. To the perpetuators of these and the perpetrators of these actions, if your apologies are sincere, then I accept your apologies. But an apology is the beginning, not the end, of the conversation. I call on you. I call on you and all Pennsylvanians to work towards a spirit of not just tolerance, but a spirit of acceptance and welcoming towards LGBTQ individuals. We all need to foster that spirit of acceptance and welcoming to LGBTQ individuals and celebrate the wonderful diversity of our commonwealth. Our children are watching and Tony, I mean, to an extent, they want us to participate in, in this as well. Again, bowing down to that flag. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's the that, right. Exactly. But here, Todd, I have to come at this from a biblical perspective as a as a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I have to have a look at this from a biblical worldview, and and we're to love all people. I I I pray for this administration, for the president, the vice president. I'm saying I don't know that I prayed for Rachel Levin. Uh, I've not prayed for him. I, I probably should, but I love them nonetheless, and that's what we're commanded to do—to love them. But we're not called to affirm every decision they made, and so we cannot—we cannot celebrate, we cannot affirm, we cannot accept those things which are harmful to both individuals and to the culture. We can love them, and we should, and we. You know, our love is described to them as hate because we will not accept and affirm the choices they've made. So be it. That's what it's going to be. We'll never accept. We'll never affirm what they're trying to do to our children and to our country. We'll love them, but we'll never accept or affirm it. All right. Tony Perkins, president of Family Research Council, and again, uh, making plans for later this year, the Pray, Vote, Send conf- Stand conference uh, in Washington, D.C. FRC.org is the website, and I'm sure you'll be able to get all the information there. Tony, appreciate you, as always, speaking truth to the culture. Todd, great to be with you, and have a uh, wonderful weekend. All right. You do as well. There you go, folks. Tony Perkins, Family Research Council. And it is interesting how the, you know, how the lines have been moved, right? Because it really was about tolerance. Well, you just let us live our lives the way we want to live our lives, and and you don't need to be bothered by that. And and I think by and large, most people said, okay. I mean, according to the U.S. Constitution, you can do that. You can live your life however you want to live your life under the United States Constitution. But then there has been a campaign to force you to accept that 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 um, ideology. But beyond that, now you have Dr. Rachel Levine, the man who identifies as a woman, who says you not only have to celebrate, but you also have to allow your children to participate in it. And I, at some point, you have to draw a line in the sand. 
And unfortunately, a lot of people are not willing to do that these days. All right, we got to take a break. 844-747-8868. That's a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, you heard Tony just a few moments ago on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative and Christian wireless carrier. Christian first, conservative second. But they are rock-solid patriots, one and all. And Patriot Mobile, they've got plans to fit any budget, no matter how big or how small. But here's why I love Patriot Mobile. Not only do they have a great service, and they provide a great service, but they also support organizations that are fighting for our values, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the pro-life movement. And they're also helping to put conservatives on school boards around the nation. And especially now that DirecTV AT&T has decided, you know what, we're going to start censoring conservatives. This is why you need to make the switch to Patriot Mobile. The website, patriotmobile.com slash starns. That's patriotmobile.com slash starns. Use my promo code. I'm sorry, patriotmobile.com slash Todd. That's patriotmobile.com slash Todd and use my promo code Todd. They're going to give you some great discounts along with free premier activation. And if you're a veteran or a first responder, they're going to give you an even bigger discount. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. By the way, today, Open Line Friday. This this is the day of the week that you can go off topic. You can raise whatever kind of issue, whatever kind of a story you want to raise. Uh, you can do that by calling us at, at 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Well, there's an interesting story in The Spectator. A lot of people have been asking me, uh, Sterns, what's going on at Fox News? Uh, we haven't seen Trump on, and it's a fair point. As a matter of fact, President Trump has not been on Fox since last November when um, when he announced that he was going to be running for the presidency. And according to The Spectator, this is all part of a strategy inside Fox News. What hasn't been made entirely clear is the extent of the breakup. This is re- I'm reading now from The Spectator. One senior Fox figure has let slip, however, that Donald Trump is effectively banned from appearing on Fox News at present. He hasn't been seen on the main channel since he declared his candidacy for the 2024 presidential election in November. And other Fox sources have confirmed there's a reason Donald Trump is not appearing on the network. A source familiar with Fox insisted the network would never apply a ban on any presidential candidate, but but as another source with deep contacts inside the company put it, Fox News Digital, that's the website, will write up about will write about Trump and give him little phone interviews, but he has not been on the actual channel since he announced. Rupert doesn't want him to win. Now, what is it that I told you guys weeks ago? I told you this was going to be a challenge because Donald Trump will not have Fox News in his corner moving forward. And honestly, this is the opportunity. I mean, if all of, if MAGA world, the America first world, if conservatives really want to send a message to Fox News, they can do that by starting to watch Newsmax. It's, it's very simple. 
Other media insiders say it's not a very well-kept secret that Fox won't have Trump on anymore. Quote, everybody knows you just can't say it out loud. And we've been telling you this for quite some time. Let's move, moving on down. I'm scrolling down through this massive story here. Trump world is seething with their sense of being snubbed, and rightfully so, by the way. There is definitely a soft or silent ban on Trump. They have clearly gone all in for Ron DeSantis, judging by their fawning coverage of his events. By the way, give you a great example. All of that beautiful uh, Trump on display at the McDonald's in East Palestine, it was not covered on Fox News Channel. No live coverage. Trump echoed the sentiment on his Truth Social platform. He said, so interesting to watch Fox News cover the small and unenthusiastic 139-person crowd in Staten Island for DeSantis, but they stayed as far away as possible from coverage of the thousands of people maybe unable to get in at the Club 47 event in West Palm Beach, Florida. I call Fox News the Rhino Network, and they're down big ratings accurately and their down big ratings accurately reflect the name, the Rhino Network. Do you, is that a fitting nickname for Fox News Channel, ladies and gentlemen, the Rhino Network? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, the spectator goes on to give um, a nod to Newsmax and OAN, saying they prospered in 2020. But Fox News is the biggest beast in conservative media, a fact the MAGA movement cannot change. Here's the question. Can Trump win in 2024 without the help of Fox News Channel? Take Fox News off of the table. Can Donald Trump win? And more importantly, when Trump gets the actual nomination, will Fox continue to ice him out? See, we don't ice out anybody here on the Todd Stearns radio program. We like to provide a platform to these folks so you can decide all right got to take a break again 844-747-8868 we'll be right back The White House says they have absolutely no plans to visit East Palestine, Ohio. KJP telling reporters Biden has no plans to visit there. Uh, Meanwhile, the president more than happy to go and visit Ukraine and give aid and comfort to the people there while the people of the United States of America suffer in East Palestine. Pretty, pretty terrible thing. By the way, kudos to the media. They're really going after, they are really going after KJP, demanding um, that they explain their reasoning behind all of this, because the mayor of East Palestine says this was nothing more than a, a slap in the face. All right, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Great to have with us from the great state of Kansas, from the 4th Congressional District, our good friend, Congressman Ron Estes. Congressman, hope you're doing well today. I am. Thank you, Todd, for having me on. Well, Congressman, I want to get your reaction to this lack of compassion coming from the Biden administration when it comes to this train derailment. 
It, it really is. I mean, he, he's the president of the United States. He should be focused on things that are happening in the United States. And granted, you can't ignore the rest of the world, but the, the fact that he can go to Ukraine uh, and, and show support for the Ukrainians uh, fighting against Putin's war, and he can't take care of, of U.S. citizens, it, it just these things happen over and over again with this administration. They've, they've ignored the border. They've ignored uh, the spending and the, and the causes of inflation. And, and this is just another example. He could have at least had his transportation secretary uh, go and, and, and survey what was going on and get a good understanding. But again, just like with the air traffic control problems or when rail workers were going on strike, even a transportation secretary is not involved. No, he's no, he's not, and and that is a troubling thing. But I, I, it goes back to uh, politics, and when when you look at East Palestine, this is an area that is overwhelmingly Republican, and you have to wonder, Congressman, if that factors into the, the to the decision making coming out of the White House. You you really do think about that, and 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 that's that's very unsettling if that's his choice, and that's. That's the decisions that, and the basis of the decision. I mean, I, I know and, and all elected officials should know that, uh, yes, there's going to be people to vote for them and there's going to be people that don't vote for them. But when they're in office, they represent everybody and they should look to, to take care of all of their constituents and focus on the issues uh, at hand. Congressman, one of the, the first promises made by Kevin McCarthy before the election in the midterms was this idea of putting a stop to the 87,000-member IRS Army. And you have you have joined forces to co-sponsor um, a resolution regarding the IRS, and I want you to tell our listeners about what you're hoping to do here. Yes, there, there's uh, – when the legislation that – when there was total Democrat control over the last two years in Washington, uh, they focused on so many different fronts – one of them was to to, to hire another eighty seven thousand uh, IRS agents, and and they've even tried to hide the discussion that they've had around that uh, in terms of saying they weren't really going to hire agents; it was replacing people that were retiring. Uh, they didn't need another eighty billion dollars to do that. So, uh, the first bill that we passed out of the House of Representatives was uh, to to uh, eliminate uh, hiring that eighty seven thousand IRS agents that are going to go go. Uh, Audit small businesses, small uh, families, and 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 raise taxes on people that are uh, making four hundred thousand dollars or less, which Biden promised he wasn't going to do. And and now we're one of the other things that they included in that uh, that some of that legislation that they talked about was that every transaction down to that was six hundred dollars or more had to be reported to the IRS. So that's a piece that we want to stop as well. So you know if you have uh, two roommates. And one of them pays the rent, and the other one wants to transfer money over to to help pay the rent. Uh, that that'll show up, and, and banks would have to report that that transaction that happened. So we want to stop this overreach of using the IRS as a weapon to go out and attack people in their private lives. And we all know how bad the IRS is on uh, maintaining secrecy and confidentiality about personal taxpayer information that we've seen it with the ProPublica leak that uh, we haven't heard anything. Even the Department of Justice is stonewalling, uh, letting us know what what the IRS did to leak all that information. And so we want to make sure that we limit what the IRS intrusion is into individual lives. And that's what we want to stop is making sure that your bank accounts not uh, 
uh, snooped into by the IRS, and that if, if two roommates are sharing rent, that uh, it's not being tracked as well. I mean, it's not just that, but uh, wanting to go after the tips that waitresses and restaurant servers are making. I mean, this is really petty stuff the IRS is wanting to do. It, it really is. I mean, they're, they, they're really wanting to supercharge uh, their attack on American citizens and and overrule privacy. And it's just a long-going history. I mean, back when, when Biden was vice president, you know, we had the whole Lois Lerner and, uh, and the IRS that was actually attacking uh, conservative and Republican-leaning uh, groups uh, just because they said they they uh, put in that political attack on them and and uh, both from an audit standpoint as well as not uh, not allowing nonprofit status for individuals and entities that deserve that. Congressman Ron Estes from Kansas, Wichita area on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Congressman, I'm curious, what are you hearing from your constituents back home in Wichita? What are some of the big issues on their minds? Well, I think the two biggest things that we hear on an ongoing basis are, one, uh, people getting back to work and having a workforce. I mean, the, the economy could be growing by leaps and bounds, and we'd have more tax revenue, and the, the deficit wouldn't be so large if if government policies wasn't out there promoting uh, people not to work. And so that's a piece that, that we hear a lot of how do we put in good policies from a federal standpoint and and not spending more federal money that we're borrowing from China and other places uh, to uh, to which ultimately dampens the economy and then the second thing we're hearing is it, it it's overall is is inflation and how bad that really hurts mom and pop and families as uh, as they talk about I mean, one of the things that the the media does a disservice is they talk about the year-over-year inflation rate, and and that varies from from month to month. Depends on how big the latest month's increase is, and they're, they're saying now that inflation's coming down. Well, that the year-over-year value is lower than it was back in June and July, but each month it, prices are still going up. And that's the piece that doesn't get reported. And I, I saw an article yesterday where it's uh, over $400 a month that's ha- hitting the average family that they're having to spend for the exact same rent, the exact same food when they go to the grocery store. If you go to buy clothes for your kids to go to school, uh, you're still having to spend $400 more a month, uh, which roughly translates because of inflation to one month's paycheck a year is being eaten up to buy the same goods and services. It's it's a problem, and it's a problem we're, we're facing all over America. Well, Congressman, we really appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, visit with our crowd today. Well, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, some of the things I wish the administration were doing better. Uh, it's really unfortunate they're not focusing on how to make Americans' lives better and, and focusing on the issues that here at hand. No doubt about that. All right, Congressman Ron Estes, everybody, from the great state of Kansas. A lot of listeners over at KQAM in Wichita. We want to say hello to all of our uh, Wichita listeners today. All right, we've got to take a break here, folks. We will be going to the phone lines. Again, open line Friday. That means you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. That number is 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. 
Now, look, we've got some big news. Uh, This is about David Horowitz, our friend from Newsmax. Brand new book out, his bestseller, The Final Battle. And David reveals a secret war being led by a far-left Democrats and a new woke generation that want to destroy our culture and our freedoms. The Final Battle does a deep dive into how Biden and big media want to stop Trump and DeSantis in 2024. Horowitz names the names of the secret players working to change America in the final battle. The book of the year, that's what Newsmax says. Dinesh D'Souza uh, says it's the biggest expose of Joe Biden and the Democrat left ever. So here's how you can get your copy and save $28. All you need to do is call 800-NEWSMAX. That's 1-800-NEWSMAX. You can also go online to FinalBattle611.com. That's FinalBattle611.com and get your free copy today. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Coming up, our good friend Robin Poffman joins us uh, for a look at this crazy uh, trial underway in South Carolina, the Murdoch. Have you been following the uh, Have you been following the case there? Bizarre story. Anyway, looking forward to uh, doing a deep dive with Robin coming up at the uh, top of the next hour. So, look, um, we've been dealing with bail reform all over America, and we've seen what's happened in New York City. Uh, now it's underway here in Memphis, where the the factor for deciding bail is not the severity of the crime, but it's how much the criminal can afford to pay. And so the point here, and this is coming from our radically progressive district attorney, a guy by the name of Steve Mulroy, there is now a story to share with you. And this one is wild. And I've directed our team at KWAM. Whenever they write a story about this kind of stuff, they always have to name the judge because we've got to start naming and shaming these judges who are letting these criminal thugs back out on the streets. And a lot of folks are really upset because, uh, oh, was it last weekend? There was a mass shooting. Ten people were shot. One person was killed outside a nightclub. This happened in Whitehaven, Tennessee. It's a suburb of Memphis. Ladarius Marion, age 21, charged with five counts of attempted second-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder, and five counts of employing a firearm with intent to commit a felony. So the judge, her name is Karen Massey. And by the way, I think she's she was recommended by Republicans. So you got to vote for the judges around here. And she had the thumbs up from the Republicans. Anyway, Judge Massey originally set bail at $800,000. Good for you, Judge. But then they had a hearing, and the criminal thug's attorney says, well, my guy can't afford that much money. He can't afford to pay that bail. So the judge agreed to lower the bail to $25,000. Now, you might say, well, that's still a heck of a lot of money. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Here in Memphis, you got to pay 10% of your bail. So he had $2,500 cash. Long story short, this guy is out walking around. Now, there's a lot of discrepancy over whether or not this guy was shooting in self-defense, but that doesn't matter. And here's why it doesn't matter. The guy was charged with five counts of attempted second-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder. 
Now, all these people are out there saying, well, the video cameras and the surveillance shows this and that. You know what? The police had access to all of that. And if, in fact, that's the case, that this was an act of self-defense, then more power to you. And you'll be able to get your money back, and you will be set free, and you can go and live your life. But if it's not, now we have a mass shooter on the loose again in Memphis, Tennessee, because the judge decided, you know what, $800,000 is too much. How much much would your client be willing to pay? Is that how the justice system is supposed to work these days? A lot of a lot of KWAM listers are furious. Uh, one person said, revolving door, folks, you better stock up on guns and ammo. All the people that did not vote in the last election, this is what you get. Well, that's true. But if, in fact, you had the Republicans saying, vote for this lady, she's tough on crime, and she's not tough on crime, what are you going to do? I reached out to the judge. I was hoping she might come on the radio program and explain herself. But she has not returned my call. Dylan, have we got any calls from the judge? No, we have not. Thank you. Let me know if we do. We'll interrupt whatever we're doing, and we'll put the judge on the radio. Another person weighing in saying, quote, this was a situation. Um, oh, I'm sorry. This is the attorney. This is the attorney, Leslie Ballin. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. Leslie Ballin says this was a situation from what reports I've read and from what I've heard in the streets is that there are a lot of guns at the nightclub. Okay, well, that's every nightclub in Memphis. That there are a lot of gunshots at this club. Hopefully from our side, there this will be on camera and will help exonerate my clients. So even the attorney is, is acknowledging, well, we don't have really proof. I mean, we've got what people have been telling us, but we don't have any proof that he's innocent. But it seems to me if the bail was set at $800,000 and you have all these charges that have been filed, this is a bad dude, allegedly. They say he served in the military. And we honor your military service, sir, but that doesn't give you the right to go and shoot up a nightclub. It just doesn't. But this is what this is what it looks like, folks, when you are soft on crime. And by the way, if you're a juvenile here, you could go out, literally, you can go out and shoot somebody dead in their in their driveway and steal their car, and guess what? By supper time, you'll be, you'll be back home doing your homework. By the way, that's already happened here. That's why I'm telling that to you. This is how crazy it is here in this city. But we have a heavily fortified bunker, so we're safe here. 844-747-8868. What do you think about bail? If somebody goes out there and shoots 10 people, kills one person, that's what they're accused of doing, should that person be walking the streets? I don't know. Oh, this is a crazy story out of Florida. A Democrat state senator, her name is Lauren Book. That's her name, Lauren Book, a Democrat. Senator Book is wanting to crack down on man's best friend. That would be the dog. Do you have a little dog, fluffy spot? Ours was named Rebel back in the day. One of the great pleasures for little Rebel, the collie, was to ride around in the Oldsmobile with the window rolled down, got the wind in the face, tongue flapping in the breeze. But Senator Book says we got to stop that. She introduced legislation that would outlaw drivers from letting dogs stick their heads out of moving vehicles. This is nuts. And she's doing so on behalf of the Humane Society. 
Now, the Humane Society says the wind can irritate a dog's mucous membrane and blow grit into their eyes. The proposed bill would also ban drivers from holding dogs on their laps or letting the dog ride on a motorcycle. <laughs> well, what if the dog's wearing a helmet? Is that okay? Violators would face a $5,000 fine. The senator says she's just concerned about animal welfare. And in spite of that, she's had so much blowback that she's willing to remove the part of the legislation that would ban dogs from leaning out the window. Can you believe that? You're just driving down the you're driving down the highway in Florida. And and the problem is you can't drive fast in Florida because there's a toll booth every every what two miles. Anyway, the senator is sort of backing down, but she hasn't changed the language just yet. So here's the long story short here. Uh, Senator Book barked up the wrong tree here, wrong tree here, folks. And now she's in the doghouse with voters. Very unfortunate. Look, I'm no professional pollster. I'm predicting 2024 in the state of Florida, Republicans are going to sweep the canine vote. All right, got to take a break here, ladies and gentlemen. Robin Poffman coming up. We're doing a deep dive into the Murdoch trial. That's going to be crazy. We'll be taking your calls, too. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. And hello, America. Happy Friday to you. This is hour three of the big show. And wow, we have a lot going on this hour. Hey, it's also Open Line Friday. You say, all right, what does that mean? Well, it means you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can go off topic, off script, and we're happy to talk about whatever is on your mind. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Great to have with us our official crime correspondent, Robin Poffman. And Robin, you've covered, look, if they are a celebrity or if it's high profile and somebody killed somebody, you're all over it. That is true. Back in the day, I covered, you know, the JonBenet Ramsey case and Casey Anthony and OJ's trial in Vegas on the civil matter and uh, all sorts of stuff. All right, and, who was the uh, wait, who was the was it the chick in his Aruba or which one was that? Oh, that was Natalie Holloway. Nat, no, Natalie Holloway was it Anna Nicole? Was there like an Anna Nicole Smith or something? I forget it. That was in the, that was in the Bahamas. Okay, I it's, that too. But she she uh, she died in Florida, and then there was this whole litigation back and forth between her mother and Howard K. Stern and where she should be buried. Blah blah blah. This case in South Carolina, Todd, with uh, Mr. Murdaugh and his deceased wife, Maddie, and son, Paul, who he calls Pawpaw, is riveting and insane. And I'm so angry because I've been watching it. And, And if I was the prosecutor, Robin Poffman prosecutor, 
I would just look at this guy after all of this on and on testimony and say, sir, who do you think killed your wife and son? I personally believe he's totally guilty. It's a very wordy trial. Prosecutors kind of slow. This is not for the, you know, the Twitterverse crowd that likes it all in 20 characters. And I want somebody to say to this guy, who do you think killed your wife and son, sir, when only your phone is pinging at the tower, your OnStar in your car and truck has you at the scene, your tire prints are at the scene, it's your gun, you're lying to police, you're lying to all your housekeepers, and oh, by the way, there's three other people that are dead in relation to this case. Oh, and we got to talk about this, and I I caught up on it last night. I watched all three of the Netflix specials into, into the wee hours of the morning, and Robin, this is like some sort of a John Grisham novel come to life there in in south carolina so let's let's take people back because um there's a lot to unwind here but this actually starts with this housekeeper they had gloria who was who was uh, i guess very close to paul and she ends up being pushed downstairs allegedly by dogs i would say air quotes allegedly falling down the stairs or however it happened. You weren't there, Mr. Starnes, and neither was I. But let me tell you what the conclusion of that case is, that there was a $4 million insurance policy out on her life that Mr. Murdoch, who is facing murder charges, allegedly collected that money, that $4 million. The, the housekeeper's son testified at this trial that $4 million of his mother, deceased mother's, the housekeeper's money, went into the pockets of Mr. Murdoch. So there's that. Then we segue to the son being drunk, allegedly, Pawpaw. on a boat. Pawpaw, a.k.a. Paul, the younger son who was apparently wasted on a boat, it, it went out one night, it was dark, hit a bridge, and one of the gals, that was te- a teenager that was on this boat, there was a group of teens out for a boat ride one night, and she was ejected from the boat during the accident and drowned, and it, she's dead. And so the son, the dad, Murdoch, who's on the stand now, was trying to get the son, you know, out of those charges. So that's dead person number two. So just to repeat, we've got the deceased housekeeper who allegedly falls down the stairs or was pushed. Uh, the teen on the boat who gets ejected during this drunken incident. And then there's a third murder of a boy in the town who was allegedly bullied by one of the Murdoch's sons. These are all allegations, have not been proven in a court of law. And this is the older but, son, Buster. Correct. And this uh, uh, boy who is deceased, no one has ever been found guilty or there was ever even been a trial. He was beaten to death and left to die like he was pulled out of a car it's a very strange scene, and nobody has been charged. There's no suspect in the case. 
but there are people kind of, I would say, rumors, murmurs in the town that one of the Murdaugh boys had bullied this. Now, did he kill this person? I have no idea. I'm not saying that. But there was an allegation that there was bullying going on. And again, you start to connect the dots here and unpeel the layers, Todd, of the onion of this family who was so well known, the Murdoch family in legal circles for a hundred years. And now you have this guy who admits on the stand, Mr. Murdoch, 55 years old, who, by the way, looks a lot older. Sure does. Who says he's, he's a drug addict and he admits to lying to police. And he's running around in South Carolina with two fake police badges, talking his way out of speeding tickets, and it goes on and on. And Robin, according to the Netflix uh, documentary, I I was stunned by this. And again, this is all alleged, but the rumor was the eldest son, Buster, was actually involved in a relationship with this guy who ended up being found dead, beaten to death on this this roadway in the countryside, not too terribly far from the Murdoch family home. So there is just everywhere you go on this family tree, there's scandal. It, it's it's incredible to me. And, you know, people ask me because they know I've covered, you know, I covered Woody Allen's um, divorce trial back in the day in New York City with Mia Farrow. And I've covered, you know, Martha Stewart when she was on trial. And I've covered the federal trial of the blind shake who um, blew up the World Trade Center the first time. So I've been I've covered a lot. I covered the Casey Anthony trial in Florida. So I've been in court a lot. And people keep asking me, you know, what do I think is going to happen? And because I'm not actually sitting in the courtroom, I mean, I'm following this, as as you know, extremely closely. I, I've seen all the testimony. But I will tell you that unless you see the face of the jury, and even then, you really don't even know what they're thinking. There are eight women on this jury and four men. Uh, Ten of the people are white. Two are African-American. I don't think uh, the racial component has anything to do with it. I don't think age has anything to do with it. But I do feel somehow that having eight women on this jury with a deceased wife that this could uh, very easily go guilty. But all you need is one person on there to have reasonable doubt, and, you know, he he gets off. It's incredible to me also that you would put someone, a known admitted liar, why are you putting this guy on the stand? That's that's what I'd like to know what. Bad move there, Robin. I, the, uh, the He's not helping himself at all, and the whole pawpaw thing was just weird and sort of creepy, um, not to mention the fact, and, and the other component of this, he was fired from his own law firm. This is the law firm that was named after his, what, great-grandfather? Uh, mm-hmm. $9 million he is alleged to have stolen from clients and the law firm. In addition to the $4 million alleged of the housekeeper money as well. So add that to the pot. So there's $9 million plus another four. And I would venture to guess that if they did a deeper dive into whatever was going on, if in fact he was addicted to opioids as he claims, I don't know if that's an excuse or if that was reality. Oh, and we're burying one other fact. He paid some long-lost relative cousin 
to shoot him and kill him in the midst of all of this in some sort of bogus, um, I don't know if he was, you know, guilty, wanted to check out on life, but uh, obviously the guy didn't do a good job because Mr. Murdaugh is still alive and breathing. Couldn't even get that right. Jeez, Lou. By the way, I'm reading the Fox News story that he allegedly stole from a teenage girl and a crippled man, a quad, a quadriplegic. This is terrible. This is, again, I don't understand why they thought it was a good idea to put this guy on the stand. I, I don't know either, and I think it's going to backfire. I mean, he does speak in intellectual words. I mean, he went to college. He went to law school. He knows his way in and out of the law. But he said in his testimony that he didn't intentionally, you know, to kill them or anything like that. But he's kind of dancing around the scene. They, they've got him dead to rights. He was the only person there. The facts I heard today earlier in the noon Eastern hour, I, I was listening to this in my car very intently, Todd. The dogs, they were in like a dog kennel area on this very large ranch. And we all know that if there's strangers, you know, some nefarious person, some crazy drug dealer that the dogs didn't know, obviously there's going to be barking and a ruckus. But even Murdoch himself testifies that when he's down by the dog area, the dogs aren't barking because the dogs know the wife, they know the son, and they know Mr. Murdoch. So there's no loud dog barking as if some criminal is there to kill everybody. I'm just waiting for them at the trial, Todd, to say, sir, who do you think did this? The Easter Bunny? Santa Claus? That's the part of this. The the, the gotcha moment has yet to happen. You see, here's what here's what I'm wondering. Why again? The, the Paul 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 uh, was never charged. If if I'm correct here, he was never charged in this uh, boat crime where uh, he plowed into no. the, uh, the the uh, the pilings. So I'm what I mean. If I was a defense attorney, I'd be throwing the blame on somebody who lost a loved one in that boat crash. Exactly, but the family of this young girl. They had nothing to do with it. They have that right. was all investigated where they were, you know, the mommy and daddy of the deceased, uh, sadly, this beautiful girl. They had nothing to do with this crime at all. And you know what? There's no tire prints. There's no footprints. You know, I hate to go back to OJ, you know, when they're measuring his his. Uh, footprints and the Bruno Molly shoes and the blood at Bundy. Everybody knows about that. There's there's no footprints of anyone else at this scene, at this crime scene. There's no evidence of anyone else on the from the cell tower being there, other than when he calls the police and hmm. dials nine one one an hour after the the murders. And oh, by the way, where did he go to change his clothes? He goes to his mother's house. His mom has Alzheimer's. And he tells a whole story to her housekeeper, the caregiver of his mother, who's now deceased. And she went to the police and said, you know what? This story doesn't add up. He changed his clothes. They found a, a, a shirt or a jacket that had gunshot residue on it at the mother's house. So he runs to mommy's house to change his clothes after the murders. I personally think he's totally guilty fascinating uh robin well done this this 
case has got the whole nation riveted, and everybody's covering it from the New York Times to the Associated Press. We have 60 seconds. Robin, I'm curious, what is it, what what kind of a crime makes the national news like this? What does it take? It, it takes a compulsive liar like an O.J. Simpson or a Casey Anthony, someone that you know is just lying, lying, lying. And in our country, unfortunately, we have had juries that have come up with the not guilty verdict, but you know in your gut that they're guilty. And I think that that's why everybody's riveted to this, because everyone knows this guy did it. But if he's going to be found guilty in a court of law, is a very different story. All right. Great work, Robin. And uh, we're gonna, you're going to be on the case, and so we'll get you back to talk about this. What an insane story. Robin, always appreciate your great time. All right. God bless you, Todd. Have a great weekend. All right. Robin Poffman, our great crime reporter here on the Todd Stearns Radio Program. And nobody covers a crime scene like Robin Poffman. She does a terrific job. Have you been watching this stuff? What an insane story. And uh, they're calling it what Murdoch murders a Southern scandal. All right, got to take a break here on this Open Line Friday, 844-747-8868. That is a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. I'm telling you, um, Joe Biden, the knives are out for Joe. Democrats, they smell blood in the water, and they know that uh, it's over. There's not going to be a second term for Joe Biden. So there's going to be a scramble to figure out who's going to be the nominee, and it's not going to be Kamala Harris, who, by the way, had problems getting her audience to even clap for her cut number nine. Stan, as she enters the room. Hello, <laughs> you can clap. It's okay. <laughs> even after, even after she told them they could, they could clap. They didn't. Know, nobody clapped. Nobody clapped. Nobody believes that this woman is qualified to be vice president of the United States. And the only reason, the only reason the cabinet hasn't invoked the 25th Amendment is people are afraid of having Kamala Harris in the White House with her, her manicured finger on the button. I'm telling you, it is the Democrats are in a world of hurt right now, and they know it. So watch and see. KJP yesterday let it slip when she said that uh, President President Obama was uh, was in the White House. No, I don't think that was the slip of the tongue. I think he's the guy still pulling the sh- calling the shots and pulling the strings. That's what I think. So we'll be taking your calls on this. And uh, KJP, we'll get to this audio in, uh, right after the break. KJP bragging about how diverse the president's cabinet is. Now, I want you to think about something. She's not talking about how brilliant the cabinet is or how qualified the cabinet is. She's talking about how diverse they are, which is the only reason she got hired was because she clicked off a couple of the uh, the race card and identity politics cards buttons. And then you got Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who has absolutely no qualifications for that job. 
It goes on and on and on because this is not about being qualified or capable. It's all about checking off an identity politics box. All right, we got to take a break. 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is The Todd Stern Show. the way uh, we launched today our twitter live so you can actually watch the todd stearns radio program live on twitter now and we'd love for you to join us there on rumble on youtube on getter just lots of different platforms uh, that you can utilize to watch or listen to the todd stearns radio program of course we prefer radio because um, we think radio is cool All right, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We are honored to have with us the author of a great new book called The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. The author of that fine book on the line with us, Tom Baker. Hi, Tom. How are you today? Todd, I'm fine. I'm glad to be with you. Tom, let's talk about this book. And, and first of all, I'm, I'm curious to know about the greatness of the FBI. Uh, at what point did things take a turn to where we are now? I believe the, the problem was a change in culture of the FBI from that of a law enforcement organization to an intelligence organization. And that I can give you a very precise date when that happened, the key event Robert Mueller, Bob Mueller, became the FBI director just a few days before the September 11th attacks, which happened on a Tuesday. That following Saturday, he was summoned to the presidential retreat in the wooded mountains of Maryland, Camp David, where President George W. Bush was waiting with his top national security advisors. That Saturday morning, only three and a half days after the attacks, which happened the previous Tuesday, uh, the FBI investigation had uncovered the identities of all 19 hijackers, their associates, their travel plans, their financing, and their connections all the way back to al-Qaeda. They, the FBI did what it does best, investigate. When Robert Mueller was finished presenting that report to George W. Bush, he simply said to him, I don't care about that. I just want to know how you're going to prevent the next one. Mueller was humiliated, and he told us, he told this on numerous occasions, that he resolved then to turn the FBI into an intelligence agency and change its culture, and that's the word he used, away from a law enforcement agency. And you believe that is the moment, that was the turning point to, to that brings us to the modern-day FBI? Yes, that changed the culture um, and it had it may have seemed reasonable at that moment, but it had unintended consequences, very bad consequences. Well, especially when you look at uh, at the the events leading up to the 2016 presidential election, where you had the FBI involved in these uh, 
these investigations into Trump that, uh, of course, now we know turned out to be based on nothing, this phony Russian dossier. Uh, my question to you is, how do we fix all of this? Because there are people out there saying, well, we need to defund, dismantle the FBI. We need to come up with something else. You were you were in the FBI for years. What What's the answer here? Well, what, what happened is, it's just as you say, that cultural change started by Mueller was exacerbated uh, by the bad leadership of Comey, and it came to the fore in the Russian collusion investigation, where just like an intelligence agency operates, without any specific predicate information, an investigation of a presidential candidate and a presidential campaign was initiated. That never would have happened in a strictly by-the-book law enforcement organization that requires some predicate for opening investigations. That, that was the damaging thing, and that, that proved the problem. All right. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, we have Tom Baker with us. He's the author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. You know, Tom, you were how many years were you with the FBI? I was in the FBI for 33 years, and after I retired from the FBI, I stayed engaged with them on a number of levels as a consultant, and uh, in effect, the FBI has been my entire adult life. So the reason I asked that, I, I watched a movie several years ago about Deep Throat, Mark Felt. Um, the, and this, of course, takes us all the way back to the Watergate days. Um, what was your I'm just curious to know your analysis of how all of that went down. And uh, again, they're saying that Mark Felt was, in fact, Deep Throat. Was that was that information accurate? Well, yes, we know that now. Um, we know that, of course, from Woodward and Bernstein, they've acknowledged it. Um, uh, Mark Felt's family has acknowledged it. Uh, yes, that's that's pretty definite. That was the case. So it, it just seems to me, again, this is, when you look at what's happening now, do you see any, any comparisons, uh, any problems with the way the FBI was working back in the 1970s and where we are now? Oh, my God, it's so different. Back then in the 1970s, they were trying to do what they could in spite of political interference and, and build a case and find out the facts. Uh, they, there was a, what Mark Felton and Woodward and Bernstein ultimately uh, described was the leaking that went on uh, at the time and the undermining of the FBI's investigation. In, in the presidential investigation, the Russian collusion hoax. You had a situation where an investigation was undertaken uh, on, with no basis whatsoever. Absolutely no basis whatsoever. We know now the only thing uh, that Comey and others point to is a conversation, a conversation at a bar in, in London, England, where someone's relating a rumor. That's certainly not the sufficient predicate to open an investigation. Then they pointed out the Steele dossier, this information provided by a British agent, which was all based on false Russian information. And we now know, thanks to the Durham cases, that that was totally false as well. There was absolutely no reason to open those investigations whatsoever. In other words, again, looking back and making that comparison, I mean, Mark, you had Mark Felt, who was kind of the FBI agent's FBI agent, and there was an effort back then to try and weaponize the FBI, much like the FBI has been weaponized in recent days. And he yes. was pushing back. 
Yes, and you talk about that difference. And one of the subtitles of my book is uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I talk about the good that once was. Uh, the bad is, of course, instances of injustice. And the ugly is the what has come to light about the cultural changes, beginning with the Russian collusion narrative and continuing right up to the recent efforts to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop investigation and the the use of, of Twitter as an agency of the government to suppress and censor speech. It's mind-boggling. totally forbidden by the First Amendment to our Constitution. So, Tom, and I, I know you lay all of this out in, in your book, but how do we fix this? And is there a quick fix to this? Well, I don't know if there's a quick fix. The, the ultimate fix There's two fixes. Number one is internal to the FBI, organically to change the culture. That can happen. It's happened in other organizations. It's happened in the corporate world numerous times. To do that, you have to do a lot of things, big things and small things, and do them consistently. But the first thing is to recognize the problem, that this is not just the work of a few bad apples, but it's a cultural problem. The other fix is external. The Congress does have a role in, 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 in these reforms. Congressman Jim Jordan, now chairman of the Judiciary Committee, has undertaken hearings to point out some things. The Congress can adjust the Pfizer Act. They can adjust some of the abuses of unmasking that have happened. But they can certainly look at the budget. I'm not an advocate of defunding the FBI. What the founding fathers gave the Congress, particularly the House of Representatives, the power of the purse as a way that they could influence or balance the executive branch. And it's certainly legitimate to consider that and maybe bring in retired agents like yourself and maybe form some sort of a you know of of an advisory panel to get things back on track boy oh boy (laughs) i get into that towards the end of my book uh we now know um it was closely held but we now know that william barr when he became director only about six months after Christopher Ray became director of the FBI. William Barr became attorney general. And William Barr tried to do exactly that, bring in a panel of former FBI executives to advise Director Ray to help correct the the, the bureau that had clearly gotten off the track. Uh, Ray pushed back on that, and it didn't happen. And it's unfortunate that it didn't, because I think Bill Barr was onto something. Mm, fascinating folks you're going to have to read the book and i would encourage you to do that we have a link on our live show blog you can also go to thomasjbakerbook.com that's thomasjbakerbook.com and get yourself a copy and and really wherever you you get your books uh tom uh, the first thank you for for serving the fbi thank you for writing this book and and let's just hope that folks in congress pay attention and read this thing well, thank you, Todd. I really appreciate you uh, mentioning my book because it is an effort to to at reform. All right. There you go, folks. Tom Baker, great American patriot right there, uh, author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy, and you need to get a copy of that book. All right. We've got to take a break here. When we come back, we will go to the phone lines. I promise this is Open Line Friday. Whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about. 844-747-8868. That is a toll-free telephone number. And by the way, do not forget to head over to ToddSterns.com. You're going to find all sorts of great reading material uh, by our team led by Caleb Park, the managing editor. We'll be right back, America. 
Let's go to the phones. Richard in North Carolina wants to talk about the FBI. Hi, Richard. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. The question I'm having, or have had, I guess, for some time, is with the Steele dossier, the Russian false narrative, you know, everything that is the perpetration of this whole thing, that why has the judge uh, not issued contempt of court against the individuals that uh, intentionally abuse the court system. I guess that's my my question. Your thought, Richard? That that's it's a terrific question, and I don't I don't think we're ever going to see people brought to justice. I, I think people need to be serving jail time for the fraud that they perpetrated on the American people. And I don't yeah. care if, if you're I don't. You know, and again, if people were thinking rightly about all of this, you would have Democrats who should be just as outraged because one day it might be one of their candidates who's being targeted and that needs to be addressed but people don't want to people don't want to go down that path and i think the main reason why is that both sides hate donald trump because he was exposing the swamp (laughs) there's probably a lot of truth to that (laughs) i mean it's sad to say but i mean that's the reality of it they see that um they see the trough was in in jeopardy when trump was in the white house so Richard, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, be be well there in North Carolina. All right, this is an interesting story. So I want to go back and revisit Dr. Rachel Levine. This is the man who dresses as a woman, the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services. Cut number eight, please. To the perpetuators of these and the perpetrators of these actions... If your apologies are sincere, then I accept your apologies. But an apology is the beginning, not the end, of the conversation. I call on you. I call on you and all Pennsylvanians to work towards a spirit of not just tolerance, but a spirit of acceptance and welcoming towards LGBTQ individuals. We all need to foster that spirit of acceptance and welcoming to LGBTQ LGBTQ individuals and celebrate the wonderful diversity of our commonwealth. Our children are watching. And soon the children will be reading. Uh, This was Dr. Levine, the man who thinks he's a woman. And he says that we need to not only be celebrating the LGBT agenda, we should be participating in the LGBT agenda. But now comes word from Fox News that a children's book is being written about Rachel Levine. So your child is going to be reading all about Dr. Levine. The storybook is targeted for children ages 6 to 9. It's set to be released sometime very soon, and it tells the story of Dr. Levine. The book is titled, She Persisted, colon, Rachel Levine, by Lisa Bunker. It'll be released on June the 6th. It was inspired by Clinton's picture book series by the same name that tells the stories of people like Oprah, Sonia Sotomayor, and Greta Thunberg. Now, 
there's something interesting about Oprah and Sotomayor and Greta Thunberg. They're all female. Reading from the Fox piece here, author Lisa Bunker worked for 30 years in public and community radio. In other words, she couldn't get a real job. Before she started writing full-time and list her geekeries as chess, piano, gender. Is that a geek? What is a geekery? Is that sort of like a hobby? So her hobby is gender, story, craft, and language. The book includes an introduction from Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> oh, geez, hello. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea says, this is the perfect choice for children who love learning and teachers who want to bring inspiring women into their curriculum. Now, you watch what's going to happen. This book is going to wind up in public school classrooms across America. I'm telling you, you watch that. Chelsea Clinton provides a list of ways that readers can follow in Rachel Levine's footsteps and make a difference. And I guess step one is chopping off your private part there, right? Getting rid of your manhood. Then going out and buying some pantyhose and a brassiere. I don't know. Quote, as the first openly transgender government official to hold an office that requires Senate confirmation, the first openly transgender four-star officer in uniform, and the first, quote, female four-star admiral in the Commission Corps, Rachel Levine faced many obstacles throughout her life. This is the book's online description. But she persisted through them all and showed kids of all genders they can succeed in their dreams, too. So there you have it, folks. Now, storybooks promoting this sort of nonsense. All right. Hey, just a reminder. We need you to head over to our website right now, toddsterns.com, and we have some great resources free of charge for you. One of them is our podcast. It's all three hours of the program, so if you missed an interview, and I really would encourage you to go back and listen to Tony Perkins' conversation, you can do that by simply signing up and getting our podcast, and you can get it really on whatever whatever platform you utilize. And also our great newsletter, which comes out daily, so you're able to get information delivered right to your email um, address, and you don't have to worry about paying or anything like that because we don't charge for that. Um, but there are some things that you can buy over at the Todd Stern store, and we have a great lineup of T-shirts, ball caps, and, of course, all of my books, which are available for you there. And every book you purchase on toddsterns.com will be personally inscribed and autographed. So we just it's just something we like to do for you guys, and there's no additional charge for that. All right, folks, we got to scoot out of here. It has been a great and busy week. You folks want to thank you, our great, uh, our great audio engineer, Kyle, Dylan handling the phones, Grace Baker manning the Chicago Bureau. Folks, you get out there and have a great Friday, and whatever you do, be sure to go to church this weekend. <laughs>